Hello and welcome to Integrating Chinese Medicine with the Dow Health. I'm Elizabeth Cullen. And I'm Georgia Fong. And we are traditional Chinese medicine practitioners and acupuncturists. We are your hosts, providing an educational platform for practical ways to integrate Eastern medicine into your Western lifestyle. Throughout this podcast series, we will be discussing the benefits of getting to know our bodies in a practical sense and how to be an advocate for your own health. Welcome to our first episode. I am Liz Cullen. Hey, and I'm Georgia Fong. And today we will be talking about amenorrhea, hypothalamic amenorrhea and PCOS. So we're going to start with, um, Liz is going to talk to us about the period as the fifth vital sign. Perfect. Thanks, G. Um, so the menstrual cycle is a diagnostic tool. It's a um, it's a fifth vital sign, and healthy ovulation is how you do have a regular cycle. So, a lot of patients we see in the clinic experience amenorrhea or a regular period. So we thought we'd take today to begin to unpack those symptoms how you can see that from a Chinese medicine perspective, what a shared care team looks like and what self-care and lifestyle factors you can do at home and throughout your life to support your menstrual cycle to return or to become regular again. So we don't want to go too much into hormones today as that'll be another podcast so we can go nice and deep into that and as well as into the quality of the period cycle. But we thought we'd just run through that estrogen is dominant in the follicular phase of your cycle, which is the first half of your cycle, um, and then progesterone through the second half of your cycle. So when you see not enough progesterone in that second half of the cycle, usually that's where you'll see that symptoms of PMT will arise and become aggravated, period pain, bloating, breast tenderness. Have I missed any? No, you've got it all. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> sassiness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we'll also talk about testosterone as well, the male hormone and how that can play a role. Yeah. But I think our focus first off needs to be on ovulation. Yeah. Um, so the importance of ovulation. So, yes, the focus is on getting a quality period, yeah. but also it comes back to actually getting a patient to support them to actually ovulate. So when a patient ovulates, Jay, do you want to go into that shift between the um, follicular phase through to the luteal? Yeah. So if we're talking about um, having that focus on ovulation, because mm-hmm. if you're not ovulating, then you're not getting a period. So we want to focus on seeing ovulation within that mid part of the cycle and looking at about 11 to 16 days post ovulation and we're coming into that luteal phase. Um, that gives a chance for the progesterone to rise. And then at the end of that, we see that healthy, um, that blood flow with menstruation. Yeah. 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 So I guess when we talk about amenorrhea, there unfortunately isn't any blood flow. Yeah. And that can cause a lot of distress for patients. Uh, and it sometimes will happen at the time where they really want that blood flow to begin to focus on creating a family. Yeah. So uh, some of the times it will be that patients will come in after they've come off the pill Mm. and that a period's never come back. Uh, It can come, amenorrhea can begin after a stressful period in someone's life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Over-exercising and under-eating. And under-eating. But maybe we should also talk about the definitions 
of different kinds of amenorrhea. Yeah, that's a good place to start. Um, yeah. So let's start with amenorrhea itself. So okay. what is the definition of amenorrhea? amenorrhea? Yeah. So amenorrhea is three months without a bleed. Yeah. So amenorrhea, a doctor may diagnose you with amenorrhea if you go to see them and you say, oh, look, I've come off the pill or there's been a period in my life where I have now not had a bleed for over three months. Yeah. And you will then be given the diagnosis of amenorrhea. But the question is what's the underlying cause of the amenorrhea, which mm. I think that's where now we can delve into two reasons why you may be experiencing amenorrhea, which yep. can be because of PCOS, polycystic yep. ovarian syndrome, and hypothalamic amenorrhea, HA. Yep. So there is two types of amenorrhea. So there's primary amenorrhea and secondary amenorrhea. And I think it's really important that we distinguish between the two. Yeah. So primary amenorrhea being that you've never actually experienced a period. So if you are over 16 years of old of age or if you have a daughter who is over 16 and she still hasn't experienced a bleed yet then this is where it's really important to go and see your local GP and just begin to check in for that investigation so just seeing that structurally everything's okay and hormonally there's not that imbalance at that age just yet mm-hmm. and then secondary amenorrhea is where you have experienced a period before and then there's now been an episode or a period of time where you're not experiencing a period and you then called secondary amenorrhea with the condition. Yeah. And then we've also got the oligomenorrhea. Oh, yes. So important that we do, again, distinguish between oligomenorrhea and amenorrhea because oligomenorrhea is the irregular period. So if you're experiencing four to nine periods a year and a period cycle of over 35 days, that is also something to really be mindful of, which I guess it's important to note here that women do need to be tracking their cycle. Absolutely. And it's great that we utilize those apps. Yes. What apps Um, would you recommend? um, I've been recommending Glue app. Yeah. Nice and easy, user-friendly. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have to pay for it. Yeah, she's great. It's great. Um, but yeah, ensuring that we are tracking our cycle. Yeah, um, so definitely. then we don't have to think about oh my god, when has my period come, or if it hasn't come. Um, so then we've got that to utilize easily on our phones and getting to know your cycle. Yeah, and, and then that also shows you if some if a pattern of disharmony actually does arise because yes. we're so busy in our lives that yeah. I guess it is one of those things where sometimes when patients come in and we'll ask them when their last period was. The patient can't remember. So a good way to try to remember to track your cycle is what you were doing when you got that period. So if you're listening and you think, oh, golly, I can't remember <laughs> when I actually got my last period, I should start yeah, tracking it. Yeah. What were you doing? And um, and then usually you can remember that day if you look back on the calendar. Yep. Tra- start to track it. Track the days that you bleed. Track the days where you find if there's any abnormal spotting, if you do mm-hmm. notice mucus, yeah. um, pain, pain yeah. any emotional side of things, which, again, we'll go into in more depth in another podcast with learning the seasons of your cycle. But yeah. definitely if you are prone to amenorrhea or if you think, oh, this actually is me and I didn't realise, yeah. that this is where if you start to collect that data for your practitioners and for your doctors, it's a lot, it's a lot more... Um, beneficial for you because the body's giving you clues all the time 
And I think as well, even if you don't have a period, you still want to be tracking those symptoms. Like the ghost periods. The ghost-like symptoms. Yeah. 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 yeah <laughs> so definitely. any breast tenderness, any yeah. um, lower abdominal pain, they're all really relevant, and even though uterus. you're not getting a bleed. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah. Pain with sex. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Okay. So should we go into the difference between HA um, and PCOS? Yes, perfect. Okay, so I think it's really important, and this is where it comes into being an advocate for your your own health with your practitioners and we'll go into that a little bit deeper with your practitioners and making a shared care team for you and really finding out the reason of why you're experiencing amenorrhea because the difference between polycystic ovary syndrome and hypothalamic amenorrhea, which we'll now start calling HA because it's just a bit easier, (laughs) bit of a tongue twister, Um, on the surface they do seem very similar because you're not getting a bleed. But at the end of the day, they're two very different conditions. And I think it's really important that we really emphasize here that hypothalamic amenorrhea, HA, is not a disorder. It's a response. Yeah. So it's a response to the environment, which, gee, we'll go into a little bit further with some tigers. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's really important that with the HA that we see that you can be diagnosed with this response or condition um, if you haven't had a period for over six months and it's more so of the condition of where your body is at so if we were to talk about those differences there Mm. um, if we start with HA yeah um, so no period for six months um, which means that you've stopped ovulating altogether this then suppresses the HPO access which is the hypothalamic pituitary ovarian access so at the end of the day, what happens is the hypothalamus, which is the working factory of your hormones, which sits above the pituitary gland, um, starts to switch off, which in turn, it's not failing you. It's actually supporting you um, to help you as it perceives something's not right in your body. Yeah. So it's protecting you. It's protecting you. Yeah. yeah so. so if we think of those... In prehistoric times, you know, the body doesn't know the difference between a saber-toothed tiger running at you um, or if you're stressed in your day-to-day life. Um, If you're under constant duress, the body just knows stress and then that's when the hypothalamus will shut down because it doesn't want to reproduce. So that's supporting your body and protecting you against whatever's going on around you exactly so the body in some form is saying the body's not prepared enough to have those building block foundations to a to grow a baby Mm. but in turn when we talk about fertility we're also talking about the period so absolutely yeah yeah they go hand in hand they go hand in hand (laughs) so yes the body isn't strong enough or the hypothalamus sees that body not in a safe state to create that new life and at the same time you need that period to create that new life yes yeah yeah so um a lot of the time ha is actually due to behavioral factors rather than a metabolic disturbance which you'll see in pcos Mm. so that side of things of whether there's been a significant amount of stress and which is something really to consider at the moment as well with the current unprecedented times with covid yeah because that is this underlying stress that we're all experiencing of this time which is unknown which comes with so much uncertainty and that side of safety within ourselves with that extra stress on the central nervous system so that's something really to be mindful of if you have noticed that your periods have started to change over this period of time um as well as trauma so trauma can be something that has occurred in 
in your life, an event or an episode, an experience that can make you feel uneasy. Yeah. Um, and then this is that side of things where we need to really approach how the mental health is supported with HA as well. Yeah. As well as stress, trauma, um, exercise and how much we're eating. So under eating and too much exercise are two big key factors which can lead to HA. Yes. Yes. So then with the PCOS, on the other hand, so that delayed or irregular ovulation due to a metabolic disturbance. So this is where you'll see signs of inflammation, potentially low progesterone, high androgen levels and insulin resistance. So they do look very different. Mm. But a lot of the time, depending on who the diagnosis is made with, yeah. that you may be misdiagnosed or you may not have found that answer as of yet to why you aren't experiencing a period. It's interesting to note that PCOS is actually the most overdiagnosed condition at the moment mm. or one of them in women's health and that a lot of the time it's really important again to be an advocate for your own health and get that second opinion of how you can manage PCOS because there is so many other options than just jumping back on the pill yeah so and we um, want to treat that underlying root cause rather yeah, than masking exactly symptoms. exactly yeah. and that side of things of even if you're not considering having a baby in the next year yeah. it's still important that your hormones are supporting you as that fifth vital sign yeah and guiding you guiding you through life really yeah so that your menstrual cycle is working with you rather than against you because once you start to get a really nice regular bleed you overall do feel a lot better yeah and then we know the reproductive hormones support all other aspects of our life so exactly. supporting overall quality of life yeah as well. mental, yeah. Health, mental health gut health sleep sleep yeah muscular health yeah so when we were talking georgia about who your team should look like mm. who who's your first place to go to with amenorrhea and what way would you navigate that for a patient so um i think here um we always say you know first form of um point of contact, you'd want to have a good relationship with your GP. Yes. So checking in with your GP. Um, not a medical centre. Not a medical centre. Making sure that your GP, and if your GP is at a medical centre, that's all good. Yes. <laughs> that's <laughs> fine. Someone that you see regularly that yes, knows and, you well. And you've built a good rapport. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know that they're going to take adequate care of you. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, so starting off there, then um, they will refer you on to a gynecologist, um, a women's health specialist. Yeah. Um, is that pretty much the two that they would probably refer you on to? Yeah, I think their first point of call would be a gynecologist yeah. and potentially an endocrinologist if you did have underlying endocrine disorders with yeah. thyroid or yeah. um, if there's insulin resistance or diabetes. Um, but definitely that would be their first point of calls. Um, when, we, when you were talking about women's health specialists, so... So more along the side of... As an acupuncturist and yeah. Chinese medicine practitioner spe specializing in women's health. Yeah. Um, and then even, you know, naturopaths, nutritionists. And if we look at that trauma side of things, addressing the mental health perspective and checking in with a psychologist or a counsellor. Yeah, exactly. As well. yeah. And to have that shared care team where all practitioners are talking. Mm, so That's a big one. A yeah. big one because more brains together working on you as a patient and your body is so much better because you're going to get those different educations and different perspectives to work together for a better outcome for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, and I guess that's where we were flagging as well, just with social media. Yeah. Be mindful yeah. of where you get your content from and your information from. So we know there's so much stuff out there on yeah. social media at the moment. And we just want to be sure that um, the information that you're getting is from somebody who has the qualifications yeah. um, and ensuring that it's the best for your health specifically. As an individual. Yes. Because That's everybody's so different. Definitely. Everybody's so different. If that testing hasn't been done and you start to treat yourself in a way that you've learnt off a social media account, mm-hmm. then that's something where it's not the most responsible way, even though it's good intent, yep. it's not the most responsible way to go about your women's health side of things with your body. Yeah. So it's definitely better to be in a trusted and trained practitioner's um, hands and guiding that way and educating yourself. So, yeah. 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 And so as Chinese medicine practitioners that we are. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, let's talk about how we would tailor our treatments, you know, how yeah. we would work alongside gynecologists and GPs to help support our patients holistically. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So I guess we should begin with just the basic diagnostic framework. Mm. So what we talk in, so chi, blood and yeah. our organs yeah so from a central nervous system perspective with acupuncture we know that calming side of acupuncture which you know you can get into that really if you haven't tried it before it's that deep side of meditation that you'll experience while you're on the bed it might take a few sessions <laughs> but after a while you do start to notice the relaxing effects that you do get from the acupuncture and that especially for hormones creating a calm environment within the body of calming down the central nervous system calming down the adrenals yeah. And making sure that your body is a safe place for you to be is one of the first benefits that you'll find with acupuncture. But I guess when we talk about what does a treatment plan look like for amenorrhea, so yes, it will depend on the individual, but we always say that acupuncture is accumulative. So yeah. first, our first point would be putting the body back into balance. So coming in for a treatment weekly for roughly a month. Yeah. And this is where having patience does come in with amenorrhea. It can take up to a year, can take up to 18 months. We've seen patients waiting for two years for their for their bodies yes. to start to respond for a period to begin. But that's where our first point of call is we've been speaking to the GPs and or we're working with a gynecologist and you're looking at those blood tests, you're looking at what the body's telling you. And it's also that question of when did you lose your period? Yeah. So what was happening in your world or your life for those three months before yeah. and taking note of that for moving forward of how we can heal and for the period to return. So from that place, um, it's really important to note that ovarian stimulation and growth of follicles takes 100 days. Yeah. So 90 to 100 days. So that's where it can take at least three months for the period to come back and for even for you to ovulate. So that's where those kind of frameworks with your acupuncture treatment plan is what you're looking at. So most likely treatment weekly for a month and then yeah. going to fortnightly for the next two months. Yeah. And then what to so and then additional to that Chinese dietary therapy, Chinese herbs, Chinese herbs and yeah. lifestyle advice which yeah. I guess we'll go into in episode 2. Yes. Yeah. Great. But I think that's Good to finish. Good place off. to start. Yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah to, finish, to finish off and to begin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, and we'll see you next episode. Thank you. Thank you.